It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Ears Up Podcast, and we are here for another good time. Yes, we are. Because that's all we do. We're here for good times. Although not all of us. There you go. Now we're missing someone. We're missing Bev. Yeah, Bev is not here today. Nah. Um, you know, she's got some family stuff going on, so we are going to uh, fire her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there would be an uproar. Who's everybody going to say hi to? Um, to one of my cats. I, don't I know. actually took a feedback out to to read next time because Bev's not here, and somebody specifically said hi, Bev, Aww. and there was no, no there wasn't going to be a hi back. So Aww. I was like, no, gotta take it out. We could have had Terrence do it. Got Hi. a delay. Hello. <laughs> what up? Hello. <laughs> this is Beverly. How you doing? Uh, anyway, we have a good show for you guys today. We are going to be talking about our favorite Disney film of all time, each of us. I mean, except for, for Bev. I got this idea from another another show I was listening to, and they were talking about like top five like revenge movies or whatever. Oh. Mm. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But what's our favorite Disney? I mean, we've talked about it, I guess, in loose terms before, but we've never really addressed having a favorite Disney movie like like of it. That's it. That's all like, right. just this movie or none other movies. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is very hard for me. Oh, it was so difficult. I did not think it would be hard. Right. It was it was nearly impossible. So much so that we're not going to do one. We're going to do two. Yeah. Movies. <laughs> um, and, you know, but we're going to oh, give no. you a little background. What? Yeah. We got an audio thing. Audio. No. They send, it says, oh, we've done that before. Okay. Uh, no, that's all right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, we're going to give you a little background on the, on the, on the milk and the movie. We're going to give you a little bit of insight. Right. You know, but mainly like why we like it. And hopefully you guys like it too. If you want to call in, the phone lines, I believe, should be working. I have no idea. The party line number is. The party line, 925-272-9794. I found out that it does not Go to uh, my cell phone, which is very nice for yeah. me. That's good. Um, I'll turn the computer up just a little bit, just in case somebody decides to call for whatever reason. What's the number again? 925-272-9794. Um, we're on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Pinterest. Halfway. Um, if you have feedback on the show, that goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any compliments, go to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can normally say hi, hi. to Bev <laughs> at earsup-whatever, and you can send the rest to me at Jason at blah, blah, blah. Uh, don't forget, we have a blog. So if you want to read some things that we write instead of listen to the things that we speak, you can go over to earsuppodcast.com and uh, we have some stuff written. I need to, I, I, I meant to do the animated classics review for the next movie, whatever it is. It's my, oh, yeah, it's my job yeah. and I, I just, I hadn't done it. It's only an hour. It's on YouTube. The whole full thing is on YouTube. I could easily do it. Uh, I've just always been bad at homework. <laughs> never was a good, you know what I mean? I'm just never good at it. So yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to support great radio like this, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's amazing for you. 
Um, you can go to ears up podcast, ears up hyphen podcast.com. Excuse me. There you'll find our Amazon link. You can do, uh, your Amazon shopping through there and we get a little, a little bit of that too. And, uh, it helps us buy stuff. I just paid for a, a, a brand new HD camera. Nice. So if you look, if you're watching us live, the camera overhead of the full shot of the studio is, uh, HD. It's a nice camera. The close up camera is a terrible camera. It's a very bad camera. <laughs> Um, sure, bad so camera. yeah, so I'm I'm replacing that bad camera with a very nice good camera. Good. Um, so uh, you know we're gonna be uh, we'll be looking good. We look good for the close-ups, Terrence. I, I no, <laughs> I, I hate close-ups. I hate when I when I'm doing a segment and all of a sudden uh, I'm watching it and it's like boom, like right on my face. Hate it. Hate it. Hated hate it. it. Hated hate it. it. Um, on our website, you can also do recurring donations through PayPal. Um, although I don't know why, because you can join us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com, you can sign up for recurring donations there. And in exchange for that, not only are you paying for uh, this great show, but we give you stuff. Either we send you something in the mail, or we email you a photo, or you can be a member of our secret, uh, secret show society, if you want to call it, for lack of a better term, where you get access to, um, our, our full and undistilled, pardon the pun, um, thoughts and feelings and discussions about life and Tupac. Which are pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm surprised wow. you're still alive. I, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't get matching air conditioning. Seriously. Yeah, I don't think that the uh, the right people have heard the podcast. So if I don't show up one of these weeks, you I know should, what happened. I think only the right people have heard it and the wrong people. <laughs> no, you're right. Like you're your right. family I, oh, is the wrong man. people. I know. I'm going yeah. to LA actually. When does this oh, re- release? When was this release? Monday, I think. Next, Monday? Next Monday. So as you're listening to this on Monday, this Saturday, Terrence will be in the parks. Oh, what's the date? Wow. Uh, the 16th. I'll be there by myself for one day. Yeah, this release is on the 12th. Yeah, I'll be there on the 16th. All right, for one day and one day only. One day and one day only. <laughs> Appearing live on the Tomorrowland stage, <laughs> Terrence's death reenactment. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, do that. Patreon. It's a cool, it's a cool thing for you to do. Um, also right now, you guys listening live and those of you who want to watch us live at some point, uh, you're on YouTube. Um, but until, I don't know, maybe after the hundredth, which I think is in, uh, November, uh, but maybe after the run, I don't I think, know. I think, I think it's in November. Think November, it's in November 11th, possibly. <laughs> and maybe. Um, we're going to move to Twitch, which is twitch.com. Or it's actually twitch.tv, but whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a better platform for us. It's it's a, a wider audience, but a more focused audience. Okay. So I think we can really grow our community that we're building here. You know, our friends are listening live on YouTube right now, and mm-hmm. so I think uh, I think we can just add more friends. Okay. We'll, we'll collect more people. That sounds good. We're yeah. the collector now. Sounds Love good. it. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to worry about anything now, uh, but if you want to check out what's going on over at Twitch, you can definitely make an account, and it's free, and you know whatever. Um, speaking of things on sale, tickets yes. are on sale for yes, our 100th episode, which yes. I think is in November. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, come see us at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen in downtown Disneyland, uh, November 11th. Tickets are 50 bucks for adults and less for kids. You get a cool gift bag just for showing up, plus a little bit of food and a ticket to a really cool raffle. Jeremy from Spectro Radio will be there as well as some past guests and we're going to make some great Disney radio, my friends. Go to brownpapertickets.com and search for us. Here's that podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> speaking of other things for sale, we have new merchandise finally, Terrence. We have new t-shirts. Really? What kind? 
I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just told. I read the copy I'm given. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Um. So we have a couple new shirts on our T Public site. By the way, the Truro shirt is back up. Yes. It's on T Public. Uh. But if you're shopping for a men's size, uh, and you want a very limited choice of colors, go to uh Coviers. Go to getcoviers.com. Okay. And uh and buy it from us that way because it's cheaper for you. Um, I think it's a better quality, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get it faster. Yeah. And it helps us more, helps you. It's, it's just a great thing. Uh, but anyway, so over on T Public on our site there, um, we have a, a, like a Captain EO themed shirt. And, uh, we have like a rock, like, so, you know, those, uh, those, those shirts. And I forget, like, where that whole design started, where it just lists four things, but it's in, like, that specific font. Right. Um, I've seen the Disney ones where it just lists every city that Disney's in, like, Paris and Hong Kong and Anaheim and whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Right. But it's, um, it's, uh, Taryn did them. I, I did. I, for, I forget what they are. I just, I think they look good and I approved and I put them up and I did the thing. But one's like, uh, one is a Captain EO. Yeah. Uh, one is four rides at Disneyland. Yeah. So like Pirates and Indian Matterhorn and whatever. And right? Mansion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's really cute. Yeah. So we did the Captain EO one and, <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, you know, we, we put it up and it basically it just lists, the crew members of Captain Neo's ship, the whatever, the Jerry Curl, whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> what it's called. Wow. And, um, and, uh, Terrence texted me because, so, uh, do you have the names in front of you, Terrence? Cause I don't remember. Uh, it's, I don't, but it's EO, Hooter, Fuzzball, uh, Domo, and Geeks. And Geeks. So Terrence texted me. She, he, he's like, actually, not bro, <laughs> actually, it's it's the Gex. It's not the Geeks. So I don't know if there's time to change it on the um on the um on the on the website on the on the page. Like G E E X instead of G E E K. Right. So I was waiting for this because Taryn and I discovered last night that if you go on, basically, if you go online and look up at any other site, it says that um, the, it's the pilot, right, of Captain Neo's spaceship, the two-headed little guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? That everybody says that's Gex. G E E X. Like everywhere, even like the mm-hmm. Disney Wicca wiki page or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But even if, Yesterland. Even Yesterland. Right. So if you look, if, but if you if you watch the uh, the actual credits of the of the film, it's the geeks. It's you know, it's it's not the gex. It's the geeks. And uh, so we're right, and Terrence was wrong, and I got to rub that in his face, and that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a third time for everything. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I was excited about that. So uh, so we have a couple shirts of that kind of uh, you know, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Head over to tpublic.com and search for Ears Up Podcast and we'll, uh, we'll come up. You know, buy a Trojan shirt, buy a Turkey Lake shirt, buy everything. Buy we'll ha- all the things. Buy all the all things. All the things. Yeah. We'll Father have more Day's up there coming. too. Father Day's coming up, so, uh, get your, uh, your dad that likes Disneyland. Get him like 15 of each shirt, please. There you go. Please do it. Uh, speaking of shirts, so, um, a listener sent in, he's like, hey, I heard that you, uh, that your churro shirts were offline, but I, I, I found them on this other podcast, <laughs> or this, excuse me, on this other, um, website. And we've had this before where yeah. other, other shirt sites basically just troll for popular designs or anything, and then they s- literally just steal the design. Yep. And put, it's like the same image. Like literally the same image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just put it up on theirs and, 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 and I don't know if they actually sell shirts or not, if they're just taking up web space or whatever, but this is like, uh, I think it's like light shirt or whatever it was. And, um, so I, I send them an email and I was like, Hey, this is my design. Here's the link. Please pull this down as soon as possible. Cause it's actually my design. It's, you know, whoever is selling this is not, you know, accurate. 
So I wait for about five minutes or whatever, and I'm very impatient emailer. <laughs> if I email you, I expect a response, especially at a company, because I assume that you have nothing else to do, right? Right, right? which is valid, right. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> um, so then I scroll down a little bit, and, and I see they're in South Carolina. I was like, huh, okay, interesting. So I was like, I'll just call them. I'll just blow a call on them and see what happens and right. just let them know, because I'm sure they want to know. They don't want to get sued or right. whatever. So um, I called the number, I dialed the number, mm-hmm. and um, it says that uh, this number is incorrect the way that you dialed it, and please check it again. And I was like, and I'm looking at it on my phone, and I'm looking at it on the computer screen, and I'm going, that's the same. The same number. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I like looking at stuff. I was like, this is, uh, you know, I'm going to pull this thread a little bit and see what happens. Okay. So uh, I, I Google the, the company, and I see a, a couple of different URL, like results for the for the same URL come up right. and one's a contact one and I looked you know you can in the snippet you can kind of see a, 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 some information I saw a little bit of another telephone number that right. I that I didn't recognize so I click on that <clears throat> it's the same web page but it had a different color banner and a different color footer and a different address a different state and a different <laughs> telephone number so I called that number and it was said said that the person you're trying to reach is no longer kept in calls Huh. And I'm going, what is going on? So further web sleuthing told me <laughs> that this website is registered in Puerto Rico, um, but it's like hidden as to who actually owns it. Okay. So I think it's just a site that has n- a number of, you know, uh, similar URLs and similar layouts, right? Different fake American um, addresses and right. phone numbers and whatever, right? So I have no, I had no hope. I wrote, wrote them off at this point. I'm like, they're right. never going to pull my, this is an email that I got uh, about, I don't know, about an hour before the show. Hang on a second. Uh, hello. We are really sorry since we let this case had happened. <laughs> Sounds legit so far. Go on. This was the mistake of our staffs. <laughs> now we removed all products that you had requested from our store. We will also speak to our designers. Wish you sympathize. <laughs> wow. So to me, I was like, and, and I've dealt with a lot of these similar emails before. Uh, it, to me, it just, it just seems like translated, uh, Mandarin. It seems like tra- yeah, translated yeah. like a Chinese, from like, so I think Chinese people, Chinese, you know, web developers or whatever, mm-hmm. just making a bunch of these sites, right, registering right. them in different places and just, you know, making just cash. Right. You know so I mean? crazy. Um, but it just, that the syntax, like just the way things are put together, cause I used to deal with like some companies in China in my former jobs and it's right. like, that's just, that's the thing, man. That makes sense. Yeah. I just wish that they would take care of their staffs. All of them. All of their staffs. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was pretty world, funny. Man. So, uh, yeah, I think it was Brent. So thanks, Brent, for uh, <laughs> for pointing that stuff out, bro. Yeah, that's that's kind of stuff is important. Didn't that happen to another website that we had? Uh, it happened to our website, oh, our Ears Up podcast the Russian site. Thing yeah, or like th- someone cloned our entire site, had a different URL, hmm. but like cloned our literally our entire site. Like you could download our shows from their website. Oh, the Russians! Right, it's a lot of that going Weird, around. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. I had to call, I had to contact GoDaddy and was like, look, dude, someone, you know, I never heard from them, but the site's gone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, whatever it happens. Look, if you can't beat them, copy them, right? Right. right. Exactly. I mean, some Disney fan in Russia is going, courses. <laughs> I want to beat them in the game of that podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> Taryn. Yes. Ready for, for some feedback, bro? Yes. First, I have feedback on my own stuff because I just fixed the sound. Thank you. Oh, well, good job. <laughs> yeah. So for those live listeners, you're welcome. I should have okay. emailed that to you. 
<laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, so feedback. Uh, we have quite a few this time, which All is right. kind of awesome. Okay. It means people are actually listening and care enough to write in. Uh, this one, the first one's from Jacob. Oh my gosh, Guardians Tower. So, I recently headed to the park for four days, and along with my birthday, it coincided with the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. We got fast passes for it in the morning. Wait, and I'm sorry, the, just the name sounds like like a game, like a like a pubescent game, like you know, like <laughs> something you would find in like Wreck It Ralph, where it's just like, if you're the ages of twelve to seventeen, play Mission Breakout. <laughs> oh boy, go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, we got fast passes for it in the morning, and it was amazing. We got Jason's favorite song, "Born to Be Wild," oh, God. and it was the best attraction in DCA. <laughs> Steppenwolf, it's a horrible song. Uh, it's the best attraction in DCA, followed by Radiator Springs. Mm. I did notice, um, and then he kind of jumps to a whole different story. Oh, okay. Um, it t- I had to read it like four times, but that's okay. Um, you notice how raised planter beds aren't really raised <laughs> so well. They're still really close to the ground. No, but seriously. So Tell me, we'll talk about he it. He says, I did notice people selling those spinners on the side of the road when we were walking back to our hotel. Spinners? Oh, the fidget spinners. Okay, sorry. And, and I never huh. saw any homeless people while walking back, but almost every night I saw a few. And CMs didn't seem as nice. Just a few odd things I noticed. Thanks for listening to my feedback. Sincerely, Stream Jacob. consciousness. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. This, you know. He's like, it, it must be Clayton's cousin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read an article where, um, actually, for parents out there listening, if you have fidget spinners, 20% of the fidget spinners on the market have like high levels of lead. Oh, Oddly geez. enough, because they're made oh, in China. China. Yeah. So yeah. look at that and make sure that you... Whatever. Okay, because my kids have one. All right. <laughs> your uh, kids need one. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I haven't seen your kids in like forever. five years. Yeah, forever. it's been a really long time. Yeah. Uh, next one is from Stephanie. And she says, I just wanted to say hot, to say that Jason is correct. The Sour Haribo bears are far superior to Sour Patch Kids. Stephanie, you're the best. I love that that was the extent of the feedback. <laughs> Um, That's all we need. That was was for hers. Yeah, that was it. That's all all the feedback we need, dude. (laughs) Haribo, the the sour Haribo gummies are the best. I hope she doesn't even listen. She just like found it on YouTube and was like, (laughs) yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one we've got is from Luke. Uh, This is about uh, last episode's Terrence Thinks. Uh, first off, I love the show. I've never been to the California parks, but I love going to Disney World. It's always been fun to hear about the original parks and what y'all have to say about them. Keep it up. Cool. So I was browsing the website Reddit and came across this post. And it's a post um, that essentially <laughs> it's... Uh, it's pretty much what my Terrence thinks was. The The first part was, when I was a child, I thought that mistaking fool's gold for real gold would be a bigger problem than it actually is. Also, yes. Um, but then the first, the first person to comment said that in quicksand. I thought that'd be way more of an issue when I was a kid. So... Huh. <laughs> So this this kid is browsing Reddit, uh, comes across this. I don't know if he's a kid, sorry. Um, It's like, I'm 49. (laughs) And he goes, I just thought that Taryn would be relieved to see that a lot of people shared her childhood fear of quicksand. When I saw the comment, I... (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Hey. But that's the thing is, this guy knows her because I know she is. I know she is actually relieved. I just never... sleep tonight, yeah. What I meant by that was I, I never really realized that that would be the... 
the emotion that she would probably have is relief yes. that there's actually somebody else out there like this yeah. who also has access to the internet. Right. Okay. Well, and then, so that's his next point. He says, when I saw the comment, I immediately thought of that episode and even wondered if I may have stumbled upon Taryn's personal account on the website. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sad. That was sadly not the case. Uh, can't wait for the next episode of the show. And of course, uh, next Taryn's thanks. Well, thank you very much, um, Luke. Um, no, that was not my Reddit. I don't really understand Reddit, so I don't have an account. I've tried several times, um, especially during Big Brother times, the show. Uh, next up is Allie. Uh, hi, everyone. I've become a fan of your podcast and how it dips into all things Disney. I'm a Disneyland fanatic. I was married there last year. Nice. Uh, have an, have been an annual pass holder for multiple years and maybe listen to the Disneyland soundtrack on my way to work. I have a question real fast. Okay. So that made me think of, you know, those shows that we watch sometimes where people marry objects? Yes. Because that's the first thing I thought of. We're like, I was married there and I was like, made a joke in my head. Like, I married the carnation, uh, stage and, and we've been happy and we have uh-huh. little dioramas and it's all, but like, what happens when those people marry like objects, inanimate objects and then they get torn down? So like, you couldn't, so there's a lady who like, is it like married the Eiffel Tower and who- Wait, like, what? Oh, you yeah. Don't, this, it's not, an actual thing. Okay. There's like 200 people in the world that have this like disease or mental disorder or whatever. So there's only one person in the world married to the Apple Tower? Actually, no. Then that's not legal. <laughs> right? Then that's not legal. Yes, that's not that's, legal. That's yes. what's not legal <laughs> about it. <laughs> Just but like there's someone in Germany who's like, or no, I think he's American. Anyway, they're married to like like roller coaster rides or whatever. And the Berlin Wall. Yeah, the, oh, this, actually the same chick who was married to the Eiffel Tower is in love with the Berlin Wall. Yeah, not married to the Berlin Wall, anyway, but in love with her. Let's move on from there. You could never be that person in Disneyland because all that stuff would go away. Yeah. Like eventually yeah. you would murder your, your husband would be murdered. What do you mean? Well, cause because like, I mean, like you could. torn down. I mean, yeah, but I mean, probably like pirates or, or mansion, but that's like, that's like dating or the grandma, castle. I mean, right? look, if I was going to marry something in Disneyland, it's going to be the castle. I know. But like, what if you really liked the carnation stage? Oh. Or what if you really loved the people mover? And or then all of a sudden, or Big Thunder Ranch. Right. Exactly. <gasps> or, or Rocket Rod. You have to watch the person that you love literally be torn apart. Or the there House of s- Tomorrow. Yeah. There'd be so Come much on. crying. I know. What are you going to do? I mean, these do? people are, right, are already in such a bad way because they can't take their husband home with them right or imagine so, if you married if you married the the big mary blair like murals that used to be yeah. in Tomorrowland, right like mm-hmm. and then you saw those things getting jackhammered out or you didn't it, you just came back one day and it was gone <laughs> they painted <laughs> over it like, i can't wait to see my love oh my god <laughs> you see like little little oh, like boy. like dust on the bottom like oh. no <laughs> anyway, that's where my mind went while you were reading okay. feedback, Taryn. Sorry. That's okay. Please continue. I will. So she um, married the castle. So she- <laughs> yeah. Um, well, where did she leave off? Oh, she listens to the soundtrack on her way to work. Uh, a topic I have yet to hear discussed more in depth on your podcast are the Disney run events. I was never athletic growing up, but I decided to do a half marathon as a personal challenge to myself just to prove that I could. Um, I had to sign up for a Disney run because let's face it, what else would motivate me to run that much? I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, I had such an amazing time at the race that I signed up for another and another and another. I have completed runs at Disneyland, Disney World, and even Disneyland Paris, nice. which, by the way, awesome. Nice. Uh, I would love to hear you guys do a show on the topic. I would also be happy to share my experiences and re- research with you. Keep up the great work. We should probably All do right. a show on it in, like, I don't know, mid-September. 
Maybe yeah. Right. Yeah. After we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That'll yeah. be, and I think that's why we haven't done it yet. Cause I don't really like to report on things unless we've done it. Something right. that is currently active and mm-hmm. going on. Right. I think it's much better if we can do it and then talk about what we hated about it. I'm excited about it. I've been running a lot. Have you? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, yeah. What do you I do? Tread, Let's talk about this for a minute. Treadmill. Because okay. it's, well, it's hard because by the time Becca gets home from work, it's late. So I just go next door or now two doors over and run on the treadmill up there. But yeah, I'm getting ready for it. Because your It'll neighborhood's not safe? Uh, n- it's not not safe, like not like, you know, hooligans or anything. Right. But, you know, there's, you know, we're in the forest basically. There's mountain lions and stuff there's like that. There's not mountain lions yes, in your neighborhood. Yes, there are. No. We, we back up to a regional park with mountain lions. Those are called homeless people. <laughs> no, those are called mountain lions. We They're saw just them. I saw, no, I saw one one morning on the way to How work. How many years ago? Uh, a year and a half ago. Right. I'm dead serious. I, like, I know you yeah, are. They're really, I, I'm not trying to get eat. Like, it'll help me run faster, but. See? No, nah, I'm, I'm good. There so, yes, yeah, go. I'll do the treadmill instead. All right. That's good. Enough. Do you think you're going to be able to run the whole thing? Yes. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, I do. First of all, she just <laughs> she laughed at me. She scoffed at you, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, right. I it was it was not actually at you. It was at like if Ben was I, here, she would have snorted. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely do not think that I will be able to. I think you will. Three miles. It's not bad. We die after a mile and a half. Yeah, we go. We yeah, haven't gone past a mile and a half, and we haven't ran the whole thing. What's your? Um, don't even. I don't know. Okay. We start. We we like run and then stop and then run and then stop. Right. Okay. So we do it in second increments. Last time we ran for forty seconds and stopped for fifty seconds. Okay. And that was really tough. Okay. But that's about a mile and a half. But like run like run. Oh my God! Someone's chasing me. No, no, or no. Run, like, no. Okay. Like yeah. jogging. But it's hard because I have okay. a different pace than she does, and I like because her legs are like twice as long as right. Hers. Yeah, and so we like want to try to keep pace with each other because we figure we're just going to run w- with each other. But mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I would, Taryn, here, mute your, take your headphones off for a second. Yeah, okay. I feel like I would run a lot better if I wasn't tied to Taryn all the time. <laughs> running wise, or just in life, like this. Running wise, okay, running wise. Let's, let's not get too crazy. Okay. All right. um, I, okay. I hold myself back. You know what we're gonna do <laughs> next time? Okay. This is exactly what we're gonna do. I right. had I ran differently when you were not here. Okay. You think you're gonna run differently if I'm not here? So yeah. next time we go running, we will each do it our own way and see what happens. Yeah. Have a challenge. We'll both be tired. Here's a real question: If you have to have, I think it's an average of 16. You have to have a 16 minute mile over the course of the entire 5K in order to get a medal. Right. If you would, no, not in order to get a medal, they just they just pick you up. Like you get a medal no matter what. Yeah, everybody gets a medal. Yeah. But they <laughs> pick you up. They pick you up, right? Like if you're apparently there's like an orange flag or something, and if you're behind that orange flag or like you're running, you see it. That golf cart comes and scoops you and takes you to the front. That's and that will not be us. Horrible. That will not be. Oh, us. I don't want to be that kid. Right? <laughs> no one does. Oh, right. Man. But so if you were able to get to like get a better a really good time. And not get scooped up. That's okay. You're running. That's the goal. You're running. You guys are running, <laughs> and you're fine. And Taryn's right. obviously kind of not not because of you. I'm just all hypothetical. Right. She's falling behind, and you right. see the golf cart coming. Right. Do you stop and get on the cart with her? No. Or do you book? Oh it? God, no. He's no, gonna I, run. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, you. I would expect you to do the same thing because I because it's a no, challenge. No, see, I would stop. Well, because it's an excuse to stop because you don't <laughs> want to do it. No, I do want to do it. I'm excited. No, or something. It's not about love. No, no, it's not about love. You you do a race because it's a challenge. So why are you challenging yourself if you're just going to stop at the first sign of adversity? 
To be like, perfectly, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like, like, mm-hmm. it, like, if if I stopped, I'm not going to the hospital. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? There's no, it's not an emergency. I would want, go on without me. I would want you to like, try your best to finish the thing. That's why we're going is to challenge ourselves. Okay. It has nothing to do with love. I'm going because our friend, um, Charlie showed us all. Basically like, was going to murder us if we didn't do it. And he like showed us, his family was talking about all, like they scream for you and they, they call out your name on the live speaker and. Taryn would die for that sort of thing. All this kind of stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And then I was like, oh yeah, but I'm never going to do it. And then Jason was like, yeah, we should do it. And I'm like, oh crap. Well, because he was like, "It'll be good for the show." I'm like, "You know, it will yeah, be good." Yeah, it will show. be. Were you guys at Kinetic when you're doing when no. you're into this, or okay? Think, no, we were just in his we're. living room. And to yeah. be honest with you, like, I think that's the. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the show. This is for the show. I'm doing it for me. That's I'm good. Doing it for me no, too, not Terry. Really, not but really I will tell I did you, it it's free. My mom paid for my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a write-off, dude. Yeah. I am liking yeah. running, yeah. though. I will say, like, right, I don't good. love it, but. I do. You, you, I don't hate it as much as I It's better than a sharp stick in the eye, right? Yeah, Most definitely, right. definitely. Sorry, continue with, with, with your feedback. Oh, yeah, we're doing feedback. We're, we're in feedback. Um, the <laughs> next Secret show. Give me a drink. Right. <laughs> the next one is from uh, Reamber. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi, Jason. My partner hi. and I will be in the parks for the week of June nineteenth. I tried looking up mouse brew mouse brews for some suggestions on places to grab a drink after hearing from him on a previous podcast, but was sad to find to find out that he's no longer active. Yeah, what are gone. What are your and everyone else's favorite places to grab a drink in Anaheim? Keep up the great work, and I hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, it's a shame. Mouse Brew, Dan, he's a, good, he's a cool dude. Um, he just nice, he just up and packed up and left. Yeah. Decided to just do something else. Yeah. yeah. Focus on family. Yeah. It's okay. So um, what are our favorite places to drink? I mean, obviously in the parks, we've talked about it a bunch of times, but Carthay, um, there's the Sonoma County Terrace, we're right by Wine Country Trattoria or whatever. Upstairs too at that place. I don't know. The wine. I can't think there's of what it's there's called. like a, a first come first serve a wine bar up, upstairs from the Wine Country Trattoria, which is kind of cool, and they have bites. Yeah. Sonoma County Terrace is cool because they have all California beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yes, yeah, so like Carthay again. There's uh, Cove Bar if you can get in. I think I, I emailed all this to her too. I was like, I would good say, luck getting in. Dude. Yeah. The only thing so I would far, say yeah, stay yeah. away from in the in the park is. Um, like over by uh, Monsters Inc. ride, mm-hmm. they always have no. drinks for sale there, no, and they they always have like some glowy thing, but <laughs> they are just sugar bombs, and oh, with really? a little bit of alcohol, yeah. like you're not getting oh, okay. the bang for your buck because that's for when you're dancing. Like, yeah, that's why they right. do that. Don't get your drinks there. <laughs> Did you guys say Sonoma Coast? <laughs> Sonoma County Terrace. Sonoma County Terrace. Sorry, yeah. And it's just Sonoma Terrace. Sonoma Terrace. Yeah. Sonoma Terrace. <laughs> We're all over the place. Yeah. Ridgeway Racers. Yeah. At least uh, one of us way, knows what's going on. We do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always been bad with names. I don't know. But I outside of the cared. park, there's there's a, probably a few things too. Yeah. There's Ralph Brennan's. Oh yeah. There's yeah. ESPN Zone. There's the Uva Bar Uva there, bar, yeah. uh, but that's really expensive. Very that's expensive. an overpriced place, so I never go there. Um, there's, of course, Trader Sam's at the Disneyland Hotel. Tortilla Joe's. Oh, that's my favorite. Now. Uh, yeah, Tortilla yeah. Joe's. I, like, sure. I actually like their, I like their drinks there. Yeah, they have good, the good margaritas. Yes, they do. Ooh, well, it's good. Wow, spicy. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Spicy <laughs> gelatin. <laughs> sound like a turkey. <laughs> really? <laughs> also, probably never make that sound with the microphone ever again. Yeah, I tried to do it quietly in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what were we saying? I don't know, yeah, but somehow she, she seems much more insane with Bev not here <laughs> to like go, oh, I would have done that too. You yeah, know I, mean? I miss Bev. Yeah. Um, where else would you go? I mean, outside, outside, Noble. outside. Yeah, Noble's fine. Their beers are okay. Um, Hollingshead, there's like a, it's an orange, I think. It's like 15 minutes from the park. It's a deli. They have a bunch of beer there. Bottle Logic. Bottle Logic. You can go there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's hard. I think I was saying this in the email. Maybe I said it to someone else who was asking very similar questions. It's like we don't get down there very often, and then when we do, it's not for a long time. So we feel kind of ridiculous spending half a day outside of the park when we came here to go to the park, kind right, of thing. Right? Yeah. Which is probably not the best way to not get burnt out. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but, I, understand. I understand. Um, yeah. Well, I don't go there and let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Go to all those places. Go all to every places. one of them every and place. rate them. Okay. Uh, this next one is from Shay. Dude, I'm totally with you on the childhood quicksand fear. No juice. Maybe it was an 80s kid thing. Everything you said about it was exactly how I felt as a child. Prepare for it. Someday it's going to get you. I blame the never-ending story. Love the show. Yours, oh, yours in mutual quicksand fear. <laughs> but see, that, that wasn't quicksand. That was the sands of sadness. And our text was sad. And that's why he, he faded out like that. Like he wasn't as strong as a tray. You what? Come on, Shay. Let's go. <laughs> let's get, let's get real here, bro. Gosh, that used to be one of my favorite movies. I need to watch it again. It's been, I mean, geez, 30 years. No, not 30. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Probably like 28 years since I've seen it. You watched Neverending Story when you were five years old, and it was your favorite movie. No, I'm saying I haven't seen it since I was like eight. Is, didn't I? Did I not do math right? No. Twenty-eight to thirty-four. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Don't care. <laughs> 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 uh, we have uh, one more feedback. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this one's from Sean. Great episode. I love this ride, and he's referring to Space Mountain. And Taryn's account of its history was very informative. I completely agree with Bev about feeling at any moment I'll be decapitated and I never put my arms in the air. No, in Space Mountain. Yeah, right. He is perfect. At least there's no quicksand. (laughs) That's true. And that is our feedback. All right. Good job. That was a long feedback. There's a lot of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm all right with it. Um, Okay. So let's talk about our favorite Disney movies of all time. Now, it is hard because I haven't seen all of them. Right. You know, basically anything made in the 90s. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You haven't seen Hercules? No. Eh. No, I haven't. Eh. Right. Right. Trust me. Uh, Terrence, why don't you uh, start us off? So we each have two, right? Yes. And we're just going to, we're just going to, let's just do two. Not spend too much time on it, but, uh, you know, okay. give everyone a little taste of, of, of us. Okay. And what we're all about here on Year's Up, I guess. Okay. All right. Um, you say Taryn or Terrence? Terrence. Okay. That's you. <laughs> All right. So my first like, movie is... Sorry, there's uh, a gas leak. In <laughs> my first movie is Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Really? Mary Poppins. That's a good one. Yes, I love that movie. I do too, but uh, I didn't think about it. Yeah. But as like one of your like your yes. favorite two of all time. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes. You sound judgy. Don't judge him. Yeah, Terrence, you sound a little judgy. <laughs> Right, so Mary Poppins was made in 1964. It's a musical fantasy film, directed by uh, directed by Robert Stevenson and produced by Walt himself. Uh, the Sherman Brothers wrote all of the songs, and it was loosely based on P. L. Travers' book of the same name. 
uh, by Mary Pop, uh, called Mary Poppins. Uh, the film was live action and animation starred, uh, Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins, um, and Dick Van Dyke as Bert. Uh, and it was shot, uh, the entire thing was shot in the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank, California. Um, the, uh, gist of the movie is that there is a, um, sorry, there's, um, a, a dad who is a, a banker. He basically is a manager at a bank. Uh, he's all about work. Uh, there's a mom who's a, uh, a suffragette who is out, you know, in London. Suffragetting. Suffragetting, yes. Um, and then there's two kids, um, Michael and, oh my gosh, I can't forget, I just, I just forgot her name. J- Jenny? Jane, Jane, Jane and Michael Banks. So, Jane and Michael. <laughs> and, um, they are basically left to be taken care of by the nanny full time. They're, um, kids that are kind of unruly. Uh, run away constantly, and so the movie starts with one of, well, second scene of the movie is one of the nannies quitting. So, um, they write a letter of exactly what they want. They want a, um, a nanny who has a, cheer, a cheery disposition, who doesn't smell as, of barley water and things like this, and Mary Poppins comes and she- Is that, that beer? Is that code for beer? It is, yeah. it is. Uh, Mary Poppins comes and fits the bill. Um, and then through various songs and things of that nature, she basically helps not only um, have the kids be well-behaved, but helps the family ultimately come back together. So uh, the movie was nominated for 13 Academy Awards. Wow. Um, and it less far surpassed any movie ever made by the Walt Disney Studios. It won five. Uh, Julie Andrews won for Best Actress. They won She's for- so pretty. She is beautiful. She really is. She still is, too. Like, yeah, she, she is. She's like 150 uh... and- I know she really is. Yeah, yeah she's hot. Um, best picture, uh, sorry, best picture, best actress, uh, best film editing, best original music, um, just all best original song for Chim 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 Cherry. Um, so it was it was a very successful uh, successful movie, and it's actually the crowning achievement for Disney as far as movies go. So, uh, the, like I said, it was written by P.L. Travers. So P.L. Travers was an advisor to the production. Um, however, she uh, disapproved of the dilution of the very harsh aspects of Mary Poppins' character that she had in her book. Um, she didn't like the music. She hated uh, the use of animation, and she ruled out any other further adaptations of her books by Walt, which is kind of crazy because now they're coming out with a new one. <laughs> um, so she um, she actually objected to basically everything they wanted to do in the movie. Um, so instead of um, using original music like they did, she wanted them to use – uh, songs that were from the um, Edwardian period in which the story should have been set. Uh, so it was basically just like going back and forth and fighting just to get this movie produced. But the movie came out and it did amazing. So I first saw this movie in 2012. What? Really? Keep in mind, this is a man who's never seen Silence of the Lambs. Well, that's true. We so, just found that out. Yeah. Yeah. So you I, are very stunted in your What rock is it that you live under? Um, the Pinnell. Rock of, yeah. Well, rock, just like. Or the Rock of Ages. We don't know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we'll never know. Um, no, I just, I grew up on other stuff. Like I said before, I grew up on The Wiz and things like that. I didn't see this stuff until I had kids and Becca kind of introduced me and Jack at the same time into this the stuff. The Wiz. Mary Poppins. I would say those are pretty on this uh, equal. Yeah, on this. yeah, but my yeah. parents didn't watch stuff like that, like Mary Poppins and stuff. Like I grew up right. on The Wiz and Blazing Saddles and things like that. You know, I didn't grow up on right. these older Disney movies. So, yeah. first saw it in 2012. Um, 
And so actually up until the point where I saw it, the only uh, Julie Andrews movie I could remember seeing was Sound of Music. And I thought it was horrible. And I thought this movie was going to be another movie with like an intermission in the middle of a movie. <laughs> and so Always I wasn't, a bad sign. Yeah, I was not very excited about seeing this. And I saw it and I really fell in love with it almost immediately because of the dynamic between Mr. and Mrs. Banks. Uh, he was a very shrewd businessman, and she was uh, someone who was actually out fighting for other people. Um, and then Julie Andrews was just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, man, that, that guy, besides his accent, his accent has actually been voted the worst <laughs> Cockney accent ever in a movie. And if you watch it, he loses so it like multiple times throughout the movie. And no, oh, it is. It's endearing. It really yeah, is. Yeah, that's but, what it is. Yes. But he was great and great physical comedy. So um, my favorite part of the movie um, has to be the racing scene. So uh, there's a, port, a point where they um, they jump it. So Bert's in the park and he's drawing chalk pictures on the ground. And um, he asked Mary to do a bit of magic, and she reluctantly gives in, and they jump into the picture, and now they're in this magical world of the picture. Imagine being in the park and seeing these people disappear into the sidewalk. <laughs> like it would just, and you're just you're in the loony bin because especially then, like you would have oh, a, you, you would have had a lobotomy in half a second. You have the I love me jacket on <laughs> right. the entire time. Yeah. So um, imagine how many people they put in in, in the <laughs> asylum just from I'm that telling little. Telling you, yeah. They jumped in the thing. That's why you're never supposed to show the muggles your magic. That's true. That's very true. There's a reason. That's true. You don't do your Patronus in front of muggles. Mm-mm. So. Um, so, sorry, my favorite part is the racing scene. Uh, they're transported in there and they go into this land where, um, they're riding a carousel and the carousel horses come off the carousel and they go into a race and Mary wins a race and she's crowned with the, the big ribbon. And, and it's just so fun because it's, it's half, half live action, half animation. And then they have the song, uh, man, it's so hard for me to say, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, right? Good job. Thank you. Thank you. And so there was one portion of that song that I, I like, um, and I'm going to recite. I'm not going to sing it, I don't think. I'll recite it for you guys. Sing it. Uh, we got a guitar. You can pull the guitar down I, and, and play it. I, I'm, I'm trying no, to think if you. I can even think, figure it out. Uh, Super looks like see. Super expialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. So when the cat has got your tongue and there's no need, there's no need to, for dismay, just summon up this word and then you'll have a lot to say. But, but better use it carefully or it can change your life. And then there's a little halfway drunk look, looking guy that stops and he goes, for example, yes, one night I said it to me girl, and now me girl's me wife. And then she hits him. And goes, oh, and a lovely thing she is, too. And it's just those little little cute quips that I like about the movie, you know. And so um, I, I really like it. I think it's, um, you know, I think it's one of the best movies, honestly, I've I've seen from Disney. And this is why it's on here. Um, so I, I was actually trying. I watched it again. And I was trying to come up with a scene that I thought should be removed. And I couldn't. Good. That's right. Fantastic. That's awesome. Fantastic. Um, sorry, I just have a couple more things. Uh, Mary and Bert are uh, represented in the park. Uh, they're in the main parade that goes down Main Street. You know, and they're riding on their on the carousel horses in the parade mm-hmm. as well. And then also, if you look at the what's the lead horse on the carousel, Jingles, the one that's adorned with all the bells, uh, that is a lead horse, and it's dedicated to Julie Andrews slash Mary Poppins. Um, 
Also, some interesting facts. It took uh, Walt over 20 years to convince P.L. Travers to sell him the rights to Mary Poppins. Uh, I'm sorry. I just looked at my notes. I actually spelled, spelled it Mary Poopins. Um, <laughs> 20, 20, sorry, sorry. Who doesn't love Poopins? Yeah, Mary Poopins. Uh, 20 years uh, to get the rights to the movie. Uh, Angela Lansbury and Betty Davis were considered for the role of Mary. Interesting. Before, yeah. And then also Cary Grant was considered for the role of Bert. Uh, the Sherman Brothers um, have about 10 songs featured in the movie, but they wrote over 30 songs for the movie, some of which were um, you know, recycled later. One of their songs was actually in The uh, the Lion King, in The Jungle Book. Uh, the song, uh, this is actually really neat. The song Spoonful of Sugar was inspired by the polio vaccine. So they were trying Jeez. to come, yeah, they were trying to come up with a, a catchy tune, and they had a tune, they had a song, and they couldn't really come up with, with the hook. And so Robert Sherman went home, um, try, just, you know, kind of humming the melody line. He couldn't come up with the words. And he got home and found out that his kids had the polio vaccine that day. Um, and so he said, well, did it hurt? And they said, no, it didn't hurt. All they did was put a, uh, a sugar cube in a spoon and put the vaccine on top, and we ate it like that. Mm. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Ah, That's crazy. Yes. Wow. Uh, the song Feed the Birds from the movie was actually Walt's favorite song ever written mm-hmm. by the Sherman brothers and on Fridays he would actually stop by their office and request a private uh, a private concert of that song uh, and the financial success of this film allowed Walt to expand uh, wed enterprises uh, to what it is today he took a portion of the money that he that he got from the film and uh, made uh, Mapo manufacturing and production division um, and that specialized in animatronics and that later became what we know now as Imagineering Wow. That's awesome. All right. One more. Last one. Last one. Uh, there was almost a Mary Poppins ride in Walt Disney World instead of Peter Pan. But Whoa. Yeah, but Roy thought that uh, those that went to the West Coast Park would want to come to the East Coast Park and ride the same ride, so they put Peter Pan in that one as well. Ah. Probably really smart. Yes. Probably. <laughs> so that's my first one. Okay. Very good. Wow. You, you went for it. Taryn, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, my first one. Uh, so... When we came up with this topic, the very first thing that came to mind was this movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes. And this is from 1983. This was from the year I was born. And to be perfectly honest, I couldn't remember much of the movie. But I knew that growing up it was my favorite movie. So I was like, I got to do this one. Um so I ended up watching it so that it could kind of come back to memory. So I'll let you know at the end if I still think it's my favorite movie. Okay. <laughs> um, but so this is a book. I mean, this is a movie based on the book, um, a book written by Ray Bradbury. It's a thrilling mystery of two 12-year-old boys who live in a small town in Illinois. Uh, they are best friends and a bit mischievous. One night they see a train coming into town at night and sneak out to see what the train is carrying. They discover that it's a carnival coming into town. The fact that it's coming into town at night and that it's October, it's a bit late in the season for a carnival, But the, the, so the boys are intrigued. They go to the carnival the next day only to realize that it's just as normal as any other carnival and they're bummed. Until they find a broken down carousel. They sneak under the cover of the carousel that's kind of hiding it uh, to discover that it has magical abilities. But not all magic is good magic. And because I think not a lot of people have seen this, I don't want to give too much away. Um, okay. But I do suggest you watch it. Um, 
It is not a movie for children. (laughs) (laughs) However, growing up, I, for whatever reason, watched a lot of scary movies. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I watched when I was six or seven. and it was amazing. I mean, basically, like, I was like seven years old when I watched Nightmare on on Elm Street. Your parents hated you. I, I think I snuck in. I think it was like Halloween parties and I was supposed to be playing Barbies in the back, but I would sneak out and watch the movie. And I, I mean, I hate taking out the trash in the dark because I always think Freddy Krueger is going to come get me. But that's well, not is. when he gets you though. He gets you when you're asleep. I know. Yeah. But in my version, <laughs> she, she's also afraid of quicksand. So, oh, yeah. Um, but taken. so I grew up really liking scary movies, horror movies, bloody movies. Okay. So this movie to me was great as a child because it is very scary. Okay. There are spiders. There are creepy clowns and carny type things. So okay. it, I wouldn't let necessarily your six or seven year old watch it. But <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> necessarily. But hey, then they, they might turn out like me. Okay. That was perfect. <laughs> well played. Moving on. Uh, this movie was directed by Jack Clayton. Uh, it was written actually by uh, Ray Bradbury as well. He wrote the screenplay. This stars Jason Robards. Uh, he's a familiar face. He was in Magnolia, Enemy of the State in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually has passed away now. Hmm. Uh, I could be wrong. I, was, I meant to write that down. Um, and then Jonathan Price is uh, is one of the main characters as well. And he is actually uh, Governor Swan in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, nice. Yeah, which he looks completely different. So you would never know that. Uh, so I have probably – this has probably been my favorite movie since I was about seven or eight, mm-hmm. I would guess. I would, it was one of those movies that I watched all the time. Okay. Had the, the bubble, the big bubble VHS thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, – something that's kind of interesting about this movie um or i guess what i would have what i would have taken out if it were me um disney did a screen test for this movie when they first made it and they they were they were experimenting with a lot of special effects for this and um once they did this screen test they kind of realized and people told them that a lot of these special effects looked really hokey okay. and they looked really stupid. And this is supposed to be a very creepy movie, not a silly movie. Right. So they ended up going back nearly a year after the, the initial production or filming to re-film, re, uh, refilm some of the scenes. Unfortunately, you're dealing with 12-year-old boys. Right. A year later, 12-year-old boy doesn't look like a 12-year-old boy Hi, anymore. I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> so... In most of this movie, these boys just, they're so, they're small and they're cute and they almost mm-hmm. don't even look 12. They look like they're maybe 10. And then there's this one scene. And they're smoking Dude, cigarettes. They got a cigarette pack rolled in, the, in their sleeve of shirt. Yeah. But like, seriously. Ready for they, mission breakout. Like, they almost look like different children. And they're just, they're clearly taller. Wow. They're thinner. Their faces are, the, the, the chubby cheeks are gone. Like, and it's because they filmed a year later. And and if I if I were to change something about this, it would be That's pretty funny. <laughs> not doing that. Just stick with whatever you had. Right. Um, so this movie is not anywhere in the park. <laughs> there is no reference to this movie pretty much anywhere ever, um, which I think is kind of disappointing. Um, the only thing that and this is a high stretch. I am not saying that this is the case. However, in the movie, the carousel that is the the main focus of the movie all of the horses are leaping 
as is the case in Disneyland. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is the only potential connection, which is definitely not really a connection right. <laughs> uh, to Disneyland. Um, and then, a but it might have been from the movie version, you know, an homage to yeah, the park or something. Right. right? They may have done that. Yeah. yeah. Because that is kind of interesting to see on on any sort of carousel. Yeah. Um, a couple interesting notes. Uh, so the the actual name, something wicked this way comes. Uh, it comes from Macbeth uh, by William Shakespeare. It goes by by pricking by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes, and it's uh, spoken by the second witch. Um, also, another odd thing that I did not know until watching this or until doing a little research on it. Um, the the carnival is called Mr. Dark's Pandemonium Carnival, and this took up two acres of uh, Disney's uh, Golden Oak Ranch backlot in Newell, California. Okay. So that was interesting. However, the word pandemonium was actually coined. This has nothing to do with the movie, but it was coined <laughs> by John Milton in his epic poem, uh, Paradise Lost, which okay. I didn't know. It was not a word before then. Huh. Wasn't that just like an assassination? Wasn't that uh, William Shakespeare? What? Assassination. Assassination? Oh, I don't know. The word. Yeah, Interesting. Wow. You guys are entomologists over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do I still love, is this still one of my favorite movies? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> um, it's not one of my favorite movies anymore. I, I really enjoyed watching it again for nostalgia's sake. I do think it's a pretty cool movie. Um, but I don't even think it would pre- be in my top 15, but I don't even think it would make my top 10. Okay. It's, it's cool. Okay. I recommend it, but it's not one of those movies that I want to go and watch four more times. You know what I mean? It's like, I saw okay. it now. I probably won't see it again for another 20 years and that's fine. Okay. okay. So it's fine. Okay. Um, but it, at one point it was my favorite movie. Okay. I was like, where is the pay? Like, why did you do this one then? If because it's not in your, but, but I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. It was the okay. first one that came to mind because it used to be my favorite movie. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Here's my first one. And this was tough to do because apparently I have, I have a, 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 a high watermark in Disney animated film <laughs> history. Uh, Robin Hood. Ah. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, based on the tale, of course, of, of Robin Hood, but with animals. Cool. Okay. Uh, Robin and his merry, air quote, men, because they're animals, uh, <laughs> fight the unfairness of Prince John and ultimately winning the hand of Maid Marian, his, uh, his love, who, uh, so Robin is a fox. Um, you know, Friar Tuck is a bear. And, um, that's kind of all the men that they showed. They didn't really, uh, uh, go into any detail like Robin and his men. It was basically a buddy picture, um, which is pretty weird. Uh, it was the 21st film Disney that, uh, Disney released, grossing only about $9 million uh, when it opened. Yeah, it didn't do very well. Uh, Ken Anderson, who worked, uh, also on Song of the South, Snow White, and Pinocchio, among other films, provided the art direction and character design for this movie. As production went along, uh, this is a quote from a, a book. It says, uh, Ken Anderson wept when he saw how his character concept had been processed into stereotypes for the animation on Robin Hood. According to Ward Kimball and Ollie Johnston, one such casualty was the concept of making the sheriff of Nottingham a goat as an artistic experiment to try different animals for a villain, only to be overruled by the director who wanted to keep to the villainous stereotype of a wolf instead. 
Additionally, Anderson wanted to include the Merry Men into the film, which was again overridden by Reitherman, which is the director, because he wanted a, quote, buddy picture, reminiscent of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So Little John was the only Merry Man who remained in the film, while Fire Tuck was put as a friend of Robin's, and Alan Adale was turned into the narrator. Because of the time spent on developing several settings and auditioning actors to voice Robin Hood, production fell behind schedule. In order to meet its deadline, the animals decided, excuse me, wow. <laughs> the animators decided to recycle dance sequences from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, The Jungle Book, and The Aristocats. Huh. So this was very much kind of a recycled, uh, a recycled movie. Right. Um, and, and they even recycled some of the characters like, um, uh, well, Baloo. Right. From the Jungle Book right. is Friar Tuck, uh, not Friar Tuck, uh, uh, Little, Little John, John in yeah. Robin Hood, and I think it's actually Yay! voiced. I think it's actually voiced by the same guy. Wow, really? To add to add more confusion to the to the to the thing, but uh, Robin Hood. That's this kind of era. I think you 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 see some of that stuff coming out. I think that's why this era they confuse me. I don't yeah. know if I've seen them or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the film premiered at Radio City Music Hall on November 9th, nineteen seventy three. It was re-released on March 26th, 1982, um, and then it was released to video cassette on December 4th, 1984, becoming the very first installment of the Walt Disney Classics home video label. So that resurgence in the 80s of yeah. just dumping everything from the vault, this is the first one out. Oh, okay. It's my favorite movie because... Um, I watched this thing on VHS so many times yeah. as a little guy. My dad recorded it off the Disney Channel. Nice. Um, and I had like this. I had uh, Follow Me Boys, which was almost on here. Never heard of that movie. It's a live action yeah. with um, some dude. I forget his name, but he's a Boy Scout troop leader. And like he takes his troop out and he get there's a thing and he has to whatever. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, <coughs> and it had a song, like a marching song. Follow <laughs> Me Boys. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So the music in, in Robin Hood, uh, it's not as good as some other uh, Disney classics, but there are some great character lines that would literally make no sense if I read them off now. But uh, <laughs> even rewatching the thing, as I just uh, was earlier tonight, I'm repeating lines that I haven't heard in like 10 years. Okay. So it's wow. a movie for me that, that really sticks with me, and it kind of it's just reminiscent of being eight or mm-hmm. 10 and just hitting rewind. And then, you know, like because it, it's in the middle of two other movies, so you have to right. like, if you go too far... You know, like you can't rewind it and you don't see it like oh, like playing right. on the screen. You have to stop it and rewind it and then stop it and then hit <laughs> yeah. play and then stop it and then fast forward. And then, you know what I mean? And then you break the tape. So funny. Nobody you younger than like 16 has any clue what you're talking about. <laughs> right. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> um, but it was it was I don't know, man. It was one of um, hang on. I'm trying to I'm trying to find a song right now. Uh, it was one of those movies, man, that just uh, I don't know. I grew up with it. And um, here, here's a good, this is a good song. This is like the song, dude. Come on. Oh, I already. That's the beginning. Let me see if I can. That's an early day folk singer. Yeah, this is, here it is. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. The other and. The other and it's supposed to be English, but the narrator is like an American cowboy. <laughs> Never ever thinking there was danger in the water. They were drinking, they just guzzled it down. Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse was watching them and gathering around. Yeah, anyway. I thought it was a faster version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that Tom Petty? 
Yeah, <laughs> totally. Right, dude. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's songs like that. They're, they're folksy, right? And, um, and they're just, uh, they're, I don't know, they just, they stick with you somehow, and I don't, I don't know why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what makes these our favorite movies. That's true. All right, go ahead, Terrence. This one makes me nervous. Uh-oh. Oh, God. So, um, so when I did this, I actually had to look at, if I call a movie my favorite. Okay. I have to actually watch it. You know, I, you right. can't, you can't just say, yeah, it's my favorite thing and I haven't seen it in forever. Not Unless me. you're me. <laughs> right. No, but I'm just saying you got, you have to take it all into account. Yeah. So I, I looked at all the Disney movies that we own and I, just say it. The movie I find myself watching more than any other one is Saving Mr. Banks. Really? So I know it's another Mary Poppins movie, but just hear me out, okay? You have a Poppins problem. I do. I have a pop. I have a Poopins problem. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) well, that you should get taken care of. (laughs) So um, I'll I'll take you through what the movie is basically about. So in in 1961, Pamela Travers, PL, uh, was in danger of losing her home. Yes, her four Mary Poppins books had been widely popular, but writer's block had dwindled her royalties down to nothing. Although she had been pursued by Walt for some time now to grant him the rights to the books in order to make a movie, but Mary was family. Her dire situation and the urging of her agent, uh, Mr. Russell, convinced her that maybe it finally was time to let him make the movie. Her only stipulations were no animation and an unprecedented script approval. Uh, she made the trek from London to L.A. to find out that uh, the land was full of overly friendly people uh, who, in her opinion, were a little bit too intrusive. Uh, just like Ralph, her limo driver, paid ball by Paul Giamini, uh, who I love, by the way. <laughs> uh, throughout the movie, we're given flashbacks into Travers, uh, born Helen Goff, her childhood in Queensland, Australia. Travers' uh, father, who was Travers Goff, was a banker whose imagination was only matched by his alcoholism. Her mother was so distraught and overwhelmed at this problem and her need to take more of a role in the life of her kids that she attempted to commit suicide by wading into very deep water while she was in a trance, only to be saved by Helen, P.L. Travers. Uh, Travers' mom sends for her sister, Ellie, to come and help around the house. She comes and basically runs the house. She shows up with her carpet bag and promptly puts everyone to work. And her memorable quotes are, spit spot. And close your mouth, we are not a codfish. <laughs> El- Aunt Ellie is who sh- uh, served as the inspiration for Mary Poppins. Now, over the course of the movie, we see that Travers is not only fighting against Walt, Don DeGrotti, who's one of the co-writers of the Mary Poppins movie, and the Sherman brothers, but she's also still dealing with the loss of her father from tuberculosis due to alcoholism when she was eight. Travers is completely against any whimsy because Mary is the enemy of whimsy and sentiment. She's also furious that George Banks is estranged from the children and leaves them uh, to the care of Mary Poppins. Are you seeing that she's still she's still facing with this stuff, right? Right. So seeing that Travers has some deep feelings about the story and, even more importantly, the characters, they decide to add a new song, Let's Fly a Kite, and change the ending to make Mr. Banks a hero. This buoys Travers' spirits until she asks how they're going to train the penguins for the dancing scene. <laughs> She's told that it will be animation, and she pulls out of the project immediately, taking the rights with her back to London. Disney finally gets it. This is a line that he that he says in the movie. I fought this battle from her side. Pa- uh, Pat Powers, he wanted the mouse, and I didn't have a bean back then. 
He was this big, terrifying New York producer, and I was just a kid from Missouri with a sketch of Mickey. But it would have killed me to give him up. Honest to God, killed me. Because that mouse, he's family. So Disney follows her to London and convinces her to let him save her father through the film. He tells her that George Banks and all he stands for will be saved. Maybe not in life, but in in imagination. Because that's what we storytellers do. We restore order with imagination, and we instill hope again and again and again. Um, I saw this movie uh, in the theater when it came out, and like I said, having liked Mary Poppins, I was very um, interested in seeing it, and I was really surprised to see how hard it was for them to make such a great movie, in my opinion, because I had mm-hmm. no idea that uh, all that was happening. They even say that um, – uh, I forgot her name, but the actress who played Jane had no idea that this was going on. They were just saying, oh, well, you know, um, you know, she's not at the – P.L. Travers isn't here for the filming because she's just – you know, she's sick and she's tired. She's, they had, she had no idea that she actually, absolutely hated it. Hmm. So um, it was really neat to actually see that this beauty could come out of all of this chaos. Um, you know, it's such a lighthearted film, but it really had an ugly past. Uh, this one is probably my favorite Disney film. I probably like this more than Mary Poppins. Wow. So interesting to me. Yeah. I really do. I did not expect that from you. That's true. I, I, I haven't seen this movie and I, I almost refuse to because a lot of it is not true. Like it's made up. No, I know. You know, they, they take a lot of, you know, they paint with a broad brush. And, yes. and, and my problem with, you know, semi biographical films like this mm-hmm. is that I don't want my picture of what actually happened to be painted incorrectly right right so I, I i don't know and and i just it's a weird line to draw in the sand right. but i just i i haven't seen it and i and i don't think i ever will because i i don't know what's real and what's not but i think you need to look at it from a different perspective because there are i mean there are things where you know she comes to she comes to la and she's basically holding the fact that she has the movie rights over walt's head when it didn't work that way Walt had the movie rights at that point. He had the rights to the film. But and so did she actually do that? No, that's what I'm saying, that right. she couldn't have because right. of the fact, you know, and, and, you know, there's a scene where they, um, they drive, and I'll get into this in a second, where they drive into Disneyland and Walt's there and Walt is with her in Disneyland and that never happened in right. real life. And, you know, there's all these things, but I look at it as a redemption story. The fact that, um, that not a redemption of Mr. Banks, but a redemption of, of Pamela Travers to, to, or Helen Goff for her to realize that what happened in her past would happen with her father. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to stop her from having imagination and whimsy in the future because the whole thing with her is that, at that point where her dad, who was this loving guy, this guy who would turn, who literally came home after getting fired from the bank and just starts playing with the kids and making them feel like they're, like nothing is wrong in the world. As soon as he dies, you know, in the middle of, of the, um, of, of the disease, he becomes a very angry, horrible person. And at that point, you see her, her entire life and perspective on the world change. And at the end of the movie, she comes back. To being that person who can have whimsy again, and that's that's the way I've looked. I've looked at the movie. I guess and I don't look at it as I, I, it's it's a story. It's yeah. really just a story, and they're taking, um, you know, they're they're de- definitely allowing themselves a lot of leeway with what actually happened in real life. But right. if you go into it knowing that, I think I think it's okay. Man. So I would say check it out. I say Fair check enough. it out. So uh, my favorite part 
is when Walt forces Pamela to go to Disneyland. Uh, she's serving through the main gate and greeted by Walt himself. Uh, Walt then takes her to the carousel and after a couple of nice requests, forces her to get onto one of the horses, which happens to be Jingles. Uh, she then asks why, uh, why, why he was, why she brought him there and he says, and this is Walt, Walt says, there's no greater joy, uh, than that scene through the eyes of a child and there's a little bit of a child in all of us. Pale Travers. Well, maybe in you, Mr. Disney, but certainly not in me. Get on the horse, Pamela. Pamela gets on the horse. Walt goes, you know, the, the boys have had an idea for, for your Mr. Banks. I think it'll make you happy. You brought me all the way out here to tell me that? No, no, no. I brought you all the way out here for monetary gain. I had a wager with the boys that I couldn't get you on a ride. I just won 20 bucks. It's a, just a cool, it's a nice little whimsical thing, right? Um, as far as what I would change, I wouldn't change this because it is so integral to the story, but it's hard to watch the uh, degeneration of her dad. Uh, just because he was like the figure in her life, like the, mm-hmm. the rock solid person. And just to see how quickly he went downhill and became an angry, angry person was hard to watch. Did he though? <laughs> this is my problem. How do you know any of in that's the, real? In the, the, in the movie. But, I, but it's sold as a real, a true story. No, so. it's not. Yeah, it it's is. based on a true story. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it's different. Whatever. So, um. I have problems. So uh, this is a uh, this movie is actually the first feature length theatrical drama to depict Walt hmm. at okay. all. Interesting. Uh, this movie is one of the few movies. Actually, is it though? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, this movie is one of the few uh, movies filmed in Disneyland. Uh, There's a portion of Tomorrowland filmed um, at Tomorrowland had a portion filmed in Fantasyland. Uh, on um, Small World. Uh, They filmed part of That Thing You Do in Disneyland as well. Uh, There's another movie called 40 Pounds of Trouble that I've never seen that was filmed there. And then the gorilla film, the gorilla horror movie, um, Escape from Tomorrow, Mm -hmm. was was filmed secretly in Disneyland as well. It was Disney World, I think. No, it was both. Oh, really? They filmed it both, yeah. Uh, Leanne... Tuoli, I can't remember. I can never pronounce her uh, last name. Uh, she was actually the, the heroine from um, The Blind Side. She was the the mom. Oh my gosh, she was never. She was the mom that took in the the homeless kid, and he became an NFL football player. Okay. Well, basically, she's she has a cameo. A cameo or she has a scene in the movie that she's in. Uh, Walt Disney Archive digitized over a hundred pieces of. Um, Basically, old brochures and things like that. They digitized them and handed them to people who were extras so that everything looked uh, very uh, period correct. Um, 124 pieces of artwork created between 61 and 64, including storyboard sketches, concept paintings, blah, 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 were on display throughout the movie as well, as well as all of the Academy Awards that he had mm. were on loan. Most of them from uh, were in Disney World and on loan there. Um, and then... Um, Jason Schwartzman, who plays uh, Richard Sherman, was 32, which was the same age that Richard Sherman was in 1961, so when the movie take, took place, as well as B.J. Novak was 34, who played the older brother, Robert Sherman, and he was the same age that Robert would, would have been in that scene mm-hmm. as well. That's it. That's it for me. Okay. Yeah. Very good. It's a good movie. Very strange. Interesting it's a good choice. movie. Yeah. Interesting choice. Go ahead, um, Taryn. Okay. Um... My next one will not come as a surprise to anyone. It is Alice in Wonderland, the 1951 animated version. Yes. All right. This uh, is a movie about a young girl who goes through many fantastical adventures. 
uh, and meets up with uh, many unique characters along the way. Uh, this is based on the story by Lewis Carroll. Uh, and it's actually, th- this movie is actually a combination of Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Um, Alice is uh, portrayed by Catherine Beaumont, who also is the voice of the narration in The Ride at Disneyland. Uh, this It was directed by Clyde Gironimi, Wilfred Jackson, and Hamilton Lusk. Uh, it was written by 13 different writers who actually adapted it from the, the novel. Um why do I love it? Um, this movie, I think, I, I swear to God, I, I think I was two years old the first time I saw it. And I I first loved it because it's a little blonde girl and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I could just relate. And then um, as I grew up, I don't know, I just, I as I got a little older, I, I understood more and I liked her, her adventures and her imagination and all of that. And then as I became a teenager, <laughs> I loved it all over again because then I started learning about, about drugs. About the potential <laughs> double meanings of everything and the caterpillar and the eating of the mushrooms and the drinking of the, the things stuff and stuff all of things. that stuff. And so then I liked it even more. Um, and as an adult, um, I've kind of let go of some of those conspiracy theories and all that stuff about conspiracy the, theories. Well, about the story. I mean, then you look at Lewis Carroll and he's said to have given children like uh mushrooms and things so to and then listen to their stories and that's how he wrote the story uh-huh. that's you, what i mean it's and like you believe that i did okay. yes i absolutely did and now oh. now i i don't believe it so much i don't necessarily not believe it <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> but okay. i don't believe it Fair as enough. much um but i'm i just i still i absolutely i i love every moment of this movie uh and yeah, like I said, I think I, I probably watched it for the first time when I was two or three. Um, this is one of those ones that the, the tape on the, on the VHS uh-huh. started wearing out. Right. Oh, nice. Like that's how often I would watch this movie. Um, I have, a, I have several favorite parts of this movie, but I think it's more about the different characters that I like. Um, one of my favorite characters is, is Bill the Lizard. He's okay. in it for like, I don't know, maybe a minute. And he, he's the guy that's like, that, that Dodo forces to go down the chimney into the house to smoke her out. Yeah. When she's all giant in the house and she's okay. stuck in there and he, he's supposed to go in there to smoke her out. And then he gets like tossed up, she sneezes mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. gets tossed back through and off and that's his scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, another favorite part is the, the walrus and the carpenter story. Yes. Um, yes. Those oysters are just to this day, like my fate. They're just the cutest darn things in the entire <laughs> world. Um, and I'm, I, I can't lie. Whenever I see the, the carpenter cutting up that bread and making that sauce, I am so jealous. Huh. I want that bread every time. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, um, another favorite part that I have, uh, the last one I'll mention is at the near, nearing the end of the movie when she's in Tugly Woods. And, and the little sweeper guy, little sweeper, uh-huh. um, little or dog sweeper thing. Right. And then the little birds that, that they're made out of glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love those characters. I love all the characters in Tugly Woods. I think that they're so creative and cool. Um, so those are, I don't know. I just, I could talk about this movie all day. Um, while I don't think I would change anything about the movie, I, I will say that 
<laughs> even to this day, I never really liked the ending when she's running and there's there's the smoke and all the all the smokes and all like her her memories from the day are kind of swirling around her as she's running scared. I never liked it because it was always very scary. Okay, okay. It, yeah. it just always. I mean, even to this day, I watch it. And I'm like, Ugh, it just gives me like the like it makes me tense up. Okay. Because, I mean, you've had a dream like that where you just want to wake up. Yes. You know, and it's like, I just wish she could have woken up before that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, and of course, this this movie is represented in the park in in several ways. And the only thing, so I won't go into them because if you're listening, you know already. But I I will say that I really wish they would stop making souvenirs from the stupid live action ones because I hate them. I want to buy all the Alice stuff until I'm like, oh. That's from the new movie. Yes. Um, a couple interesting things about this movie. Um, in the walrus and the carpenter scene, the R on the calendar flashes. It flashes red. Um, and uh, that's because oysters are said to not be good in months without R. Okay. <laughs> so like May. Oh. July, June. I've never heard that. Yeah. Mm. And it's a it's kind of an old wives tale. Um and, it, and I, I guess it came from, I think, uh, Europe because they, before refrigeration, they didn't have, a, it, those were the summer months. Summer months don't have R. And so those were the months that they couldn't refrigerate oysters, so they weren't good. Hmm. <laughs> so you're not supposed to eat oysters with months with R. That makes sense. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, so another interesting thing, while filming the live action reference scenes for the Mad Tea Party, Edwin, who played the Mad Hatter, uh, he ad-libbed the speech where the Mad Hatter tries to fix the white rabbit's watch. Uh, white rabbit. <laughs> um, and he goes like, uh, mustard? Don't let's be silly. And Walt Disney was watching the filming of this, and he told the animators, hey, that stuff's pretty funny. Why don't you use that speech in the movie? And the animators were like, no, we can't use that. There are too many background noises on the film. Like, it's just not going to work. And Disney smiled like he does and said, that's your problem, and walked out of the room. Uh, eventually, the Disney sound technicians managed to uh, re-record Wynn's dialogue and erase all the background noises so that Wynn's ad-libs were eventually used in the final animation. Nice. Uh, the doorknob... The famous doorknob is the only character in the film that does not appear in Lewis Carroll's books. Okay. Um, and Interesting. Yeah. So th- this movie has more songs and characters than any other Disney movie. And I was thinking hmm. about this. Depending on when this was written, and I, I still believe it, but I think it's only maybe contender would be Wreck-It Ralph. Because that movie has a ton of characters. But not uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Rick it Ralph may win. That that might be the only one that yeah. could contend with the characters portion of this. Okay. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And then one last one, and I wish Bev was here, but one of the jurors at the in the end scene is Jose Carioca from the Disney film The Three Caballeros. Oh, <laughs> great movie! Nice. So, do I still love this movie? Absolutely. Right. This is still number one on my list, nice. and I think probably always will be. All right. Yes. <clears throat> Very good. Uh, my uh, second favorite out of two is The Sword in the Stone, Ooh. which came out a couple sh- films before Robin Hood. It's the 18th Disney animated film. The songs in it were all created by our friends, the Sherman Brothers, uh, who apparently Walt Disney used to call the boys. 
It tells the story of medieval England when the good king has died and left no heir to the throne. A sword magically appears inside an anvil in London. The sword bears an inscription proclaiming that uh, whoso pulleth out this sword of this stone and anvil is the rightwise king born of England. No one can remove the sword of, co- uh, the sword, of course, uh, which eventually is forgotten about, and thus begins the Dark Ages of England. Uh, enter a young boy called Arthur, or more, more commonly known as Wart. <laughs> like, like a, you got a wart. Yeah. Right? Or, mm. as they pronounce it in the movie, Wart. <laughs> uh, wart is an orphan, and like so many other Disney flicks, his adopted family isn't very nice to him. While helping his foster brother hunt for deer in the forest, Wart finds a shack belonging to Merlin the wizard. Merlin sees something in the boy and decides to help educate him, which happens uh, by Merlin transforming Wart into various animals like a fish, a squirrel, and a bird. This whole thing is leading to a jousting tournament where Wart is the squire for his foster brother. Wart forgets the brother's sword and scrambles to find a replacement. It just so happens there's a sword sticking out of an anvil in the town square, and as Arthur pulls it out, he instantly becomes the heir to the throne of England. Yes. <laughs> there, as, as things will happen. Yes. Uh, this movie was released on December 25th, 1963, and it was the very last film to be released before Walt Disney passed away. Uh, Disney first had the rights to the story by T.H. White back in 1939, and the initial storyboards were done in 1949. Story work was done by Bill Peet, who would later quit Disney over conflicts with a story on The Jungle Book, which is interesting. Um, hmm. For the voice of Merlin... Uh, which is one of my favorite characters in this in this uh, film. About seventy actors read for the part. Wow! wow. They had a hard time finding. And if you watch the movie, uh, have you guys seen the movie? I haven't seen it in a very long time. I don't remember it. Terrence, have you ever seen it? I have. He's very boisterous. Yeah, man. Seventy people couldn't couldn't anyway. Uh, the voice of Wart is played by three people. Ricky Sorensen started out, and then apparently Ricky hit puberty during Uh-oh. recording. <laughs> um, so then the director's uh, sons, Richard and Robert Reitherman, uh, jumped in. As a result, you can hear the difference in tone as well as a distinct lack of English accent in some <laughs> scenes when Wart is talking. Uh, hmm. it's, it's very evident at times, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's directed by Wolfgang Reitherman, of course, who directed The Jungle Book. And then after that, maybe there was one more, but uh, he also directed Robin Hood. Okay. So uh, Wolfgang had some... He had some some skills, apparently. Uh, Merlin, uh, the character of Merlin, was designed by one of Walt's nine old men, Milt Call, and animated by several of them, like Frank Thomas, Ollie Johnston, and John Lounsbury. It was the sixth highest grossing film in 1963, making just over 22 mil. Wow. Yeah. So uh, here's this. Uh, here, I'll, uh, I'll read this part first. Uh, the animation of this film, which is why I love it, has always appealed to me. It comes off as a little rough or unpolished. Um, you know, almost like a sketch. Like the, the lines aren't clear. It's just like a couple of lines for like Merlin's beard or whatever. It just, it looks just kind of, kind of rough and tumble. Uh, okay. and I think I really like that. Uh, Merlin's a great character. He's full of energy and wonder, especially to a kid like Wart. As a kid, I guess I, de- I identified with Wart, uh, you know, a clumsy dude who was never really good at, at much of anything. Um, also there's a dragon in it and that's cool. <laughs> dragons are always cool. Dragons yes. are cool. Uh, the character design is really neat, especially Mim who is a bad wizard, Madam Mim. Um, at the end there, Merlin jets back to Wart from someplace called Bermuda. 
He's in like palm shorts and a like a rainbow shirt, and it's just it, it's just a cool look they gave him. He's coming from the 21st century. He's a time traveler too. Um, so it's stuff like that why I really like this this film. It's one of the first Disney films I remember watching as a kid. I had it uh, a lot like um, I think it was maybe on the same tape as Robin Hood, nice. where I would just rewind it and just watch them over and over and over again. Even on my te- into my teens, I would put this movie on over Robin Hood from time to time. Um, and there's something I think, uh, which is, I mean, why I, I think this segment was pretty cool is that there's something about art that can kind of bring you back to a certain place and moment in your childhood, right? Yeah. And um, I just think that's why potatoes are great. <laughs> oh, I'm just making sure Terrence is paying attention. I am. Okay. Um, anyway, I think that was my first taste of of that. Right. It's just this movie brings me back to specific moments in my childhood, and and I don't know. I really like it. Uh, from Archimedes the Owl, who Merlin elects to uh, to be Wart's teacher, to Wart's brother, to the squirrel that falls in love with him. Trust me, it sounds weird, but it's cute. Every character <laughs> to me is engaging and comical. Um, here's here's one of the songs. Uh, let me play you one of the songs. This is just a cute a cute song. Magic. Okay. Right. I want your attention to everything. We're packing to leave. Come on, let's go. No, no, not you. Fox are always first, you know. So he's basically doing magic and like shrinking everything down and putting it in his little carpet bag. Anyway, <laughs> that's cute. It's cute. It's a cute. It's a cute show, and it's it has uh, some pretty good songs. And I I don't know. I really uh, I really enjoy it. So oh, did I just del- oh, maybe I just closed it. I should have done it. Um, oh no, it's right here. Okay, Whew, good. Uh, so my favorite part is hard to say. Probably uh, the wizard duel between Madame Mim and Merlin because they changed into a bunch of different stuff. And even back then, I was impressed with the artwork in that scene. Also, also when Arthur pulls the sword out from the anvil, right, and nobody believes him, so they put it back into the anvil, and then other people come and try to take it out because it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> And I've just, I like that, that just struck me as like my six year old sense of fairness. Like, that's not right. Right. And then he's the only one who can pull it out again. And right. I was like, yeah, of course he is, dude. <laughs> um, anyway, um, also when Merlin cusses, it's pretty funny because he says, hang it all, like, hang it all or a leave off. I don't know. He's huh. like this crotchety old man and I love everything about him. Um, is there a part that I would change? No. This Good. movie is perfect and you keep your damn hands off of it. Um, the movie is not represented in the parks, uh, sort of it is. I mean, in front of the carousel in Fantasyland, there's a sword in an anvil that you can remove if you're the rightful ruler of the land, right. meaning a six-year-old. Uh, I'm not sure if they really do it anymore, but they used to have a ceremony and give you a medal if you pulled it out. Now I think it just happens from time to time and nobody cares. Like I was reading a bit about it and they used to have Merlin come out and do this declaration and like picks like a big dude out from the crowd and try to pull it out. And, yeah. and, but then the six-year-old comes in suddenly, right? Um, but then I saw online some little girl, like a six-year-old or five-year-old little girl in 2011, like pulls on it and it just ra- it lifts up a little bit. Yeah. Oh. And then it just, and then it comes, comes back, back down. down and like that's it. There's nobody around. So yeah. I think either it's oh. maybe on a timer 
or like or like a or or like a counter. Well, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. if they have something watching, they I don't know. You know what I mean? They they should give you something, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's a counter. Like how many times it gets yanked on, and then once it comes up, but then doesn't come all the way out. But then there's nothing to do. There's no one there. It's kind of lame. Yeah. It's kind of lame. So uh, anyway, those are my two absolutely favorite Disney uh, movies of all time. Cool. Nice. I'm glad that we all had different ones. Yeah. Me too, right? That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. What do we think? Do we like this? Yeah, it's awesome. Is that something we should do again? I think it was fun. Okay. It's a long show, though. Man. It is a long show, dude. It is I a long show. I was not expecting it to be this long. No, me either, but uh, I like it. Okay, let's do this thing here. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. Still haven't still haven't merged these it's two fine. files. It's, it's not fine. broken. I just haven't done it yet. It's fine. Oh. All right. Well, whatever. It's not working. So now it's broken. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's do a couple pieces of Disney news, and then we'll get out of here. This uh, I, I thought about saving for the uh, secret show so we can cry about it. Um, <laughs> parents can now hire Cinderella carriages, which this is from the Sun. So a carriage is a like a push cart, like a mm-hmm. stroller, right? Oh, okay. Cinderella carriages to ferry their kids around Disney World. That's awesome. F- for just under 200 pounds, oh. parents can get a red carpet reception, a, sh- <laughs> a chauffeur-driven car to the theme park, and a handmade carriage buggy. Wow. Look at this. Look at this thing. Wow. It looks it, the Cinderella, like, you know, pumpkin-shaped mm-hmm. stroller. I yeah. hate that child. I hate this child <laughs> also, dude. Seriously. I don't hate the kid. Right. Uh, the driver will also literally roll out the red carpet for the boy <laughs> or girl and present them with a red rose. That's ridiculous. What sucks about those things is the kids that don't have the two hundred dollars. You're just watching this other kid be a princess. Like right. I don't like that. The idea for the business came about when the owner of handmade uh, when the owner handmade a carriage for his daughter during their own trip to Disney World. Okay, so it's not an official Disney thing. The reaction that he got from his child and from others in the theme park inspired him to make more of the carriages and turn it into a money maker. The website <laughs> says you can make your little princess's day special, even more magical. Wait. You can make your little princess's special day even more magical yeah. by giving her the experience of a lifetime. Um, that's ridiculous. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I mean, come on, get out of town. You can. I mean, this the, the buggy is big too. It's not yeah. a small thing. It's like a double wide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge, and it's. I mean, it can fit two kids facing each other, right? Yeah. Like a normal. Get out of get out of my park. <laughs> come on. You, I mean, jeez, dude. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've talked a lot of smack about uh, Garden to the Galaxy. Our friend Kyle went, uh, Kyle and Greg went recently, and I meant to have Kyle on, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, it's amazing. Yeah, It's I mean, an amazing ride, and the ride is different, mm-hmm. and mechanics are essentially the same, but everything's great. So uh, this is uh, an article from Travel and Leisure, and I won't go through all of them, but it's 25 Easter eggs you'll want to find in Disney's new Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. ride. Okay. Clickbait. You'll want to find them. Yes, exactly. Really? How do you know what I want to find? <laughs> um, one is Harold the Yeti. Oh. Inside the Matterhorn Bots, it was the old, the old, the old Yeti. Yeah. There's photos of them, too, so that's cool. Okay. Um, there's a prosthetic leg in there, which is, um, looks like the, um, the prosthetic leg rocket raccoon makes Peter Quill retrieve during the prison breakout scene. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, Garden of the Galaxy. You guys have seen these, the movies, right? Yeah, not okay. the second one. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen the second, the second one yet. Uh, there's a thing from, uh, Doctor Strange, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, there's a bellhop hat and, uh, 
bookmark tag, hang tag from the Tower of Terror. Nice. That's in cool. there as well. Nice uh, a Vita Ray meter from Captain America. It's from Stark Enterprises, it says right there. That's kind of cool. There's a tiny little retro Mickey Mouse figurine tucked inside there. Nice. Uh, there's a, a Marvel Hydra coin. You know, the, the Hydra. It's like the evil empire for like like uh, um, Captain America. I'm a DC dude. Sorry. You've never seen any of the Marvel movies? I have, though? but I don't don't know that much about them. Oh, all right. Well, Hydra. The, okay. The guy everyone's fighting. The red. Anyway. <laughs> um, what is this? Uh, Hydra assault rifle. There's a Tower of Terror um, decanters, like whiskey decanters okay. in there. So I guess they're recycling some of that stuff. Which is cool. Uh, Epcot's Figment, the Imagination Dragon, which I happen to have right here. Oh, my, my old Figment when I used to, when I went to Disney World when my dad cared about me. <laughs> oh, uh, I wonder if it says like when it was, I don't know when, it was like eight or six or whatever. <laughs> so that's cool. Figment's up there somewhere. Um, there's a lot of Hydra stuff in here, which is kind of interesting. Um, uh, yeah, Yondu's helmet, uh, extraterrestrial alien encounter letterhead, um, Asgardian skiff model. I guess that's from Thor, right? Uh, a disconnected audio animatronic head. Kind of oh. cool. <laughs> I wonder what uh, I wonder what ride it's from, or like what attraction it's from. Because it's, it's like not skinned. It's just the the robot has like one eye and like teeth. Yeah, hmm. it's kind of freaky. Uh, there's vintage Disneyland maps in there. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's a ta- uh, Tower of Terror book. Latin hardcover edition is actually from the original Tower of Terror library scene. Okay, so they are incorporating some of that kind of stuff, too. That's pretty neat. Uh, Loki's Loki knife. knife yeah. There's paintings from the Tower of Terror in there. Country Bear Vacation Hoedown Dolores. Uh, Dolores the Octopus, apparently. Uh, it's from the Country Bear <laughs> Vacation Hoedown. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, she's in there. All right. Already, I think it's too many. Yeah, that's a lot. But it's a big ride, and you're standing in line for three hours. You, you want to look <laughs> right. for stuff, something. It's like five the first day. That's ridiculous. Well, speaking of that, let me go. Um, lines snaked through the entire park for Disney's Guardians of the Galaxy ride the boot. Not worth it to anybody that stood in that line. Uh, as a Hollywood reporter points out, park attendees shared photos of the perfectly organized nightmare that was waiting in line for the new <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Lines snaked through the entire park, virtually guaranteeing that you uh, that if you were cool with waiting a few months to try out the ride, the rest of the park would be virtually empty. The line for Mission Breakout Fast Passes was averaging about five hours during peak times. Fast Passes? Yeah. While anyone trying their luck in the general queue was reportedly waiting up to seven hours. Wow. No. And so here's here's a photo. It's this, um, running down Buena Vista uh, Street. Um so it looks like so the, the the hub or whatever like Carthay's down over here on the right and it's just the line so it's through Hollywood land entirely. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Seven hours, and yeah, this is it's, apparently it snakes around through Buena Vista Street too, like underneath the trees and stuff, like right when you get in, like right when you get in. I can't believe that people cared that much. Like if I saw that the line was even three hours, I'd be like, "No, I'll do it next year if I have to." Right. It's not well, going to change. So check this out: the Pandora section of Disney's Animal Kingdom also opened in Florida over the weekend. It took fans about two hours just to get into the Pandora Park, and ride lines were averaging about three to four hours for rides. Some people were reporting three-hour lines to get into the gift shops in Pandora. What? what? Uh, 
Yeah. So, and then someone points out if these were wait times for one ride for Marvel and a theme park for a long forgotten film, imagine what lines for Star Wars Park is going to oh, be like. Be yeah. Where do you, I mean, that, I, that, where are they going to put those people, dude? I mean, where are they going to put those people trying to get in there? I, I mean, it's going to make the rest of the park awesome for like a year. Sure. Unless but you have to go anywhere near the entrance to Star because there's right. going to be, Literally lined in the walkways. It's going to be back and forth. Like when we went to the, um, to the, like Indiana Jones thing with, uh, what's his name? Tony, Tony Baxter. Stark. Yes. Uh, when Iron Man was doing the thing, it was like a lot of crisscrossing, but it was still in front of, of the, uh, of the ranch there, whatever right. it is, right? But I mean, I could see that line coming past, like, you know, just down past, um, Big what, Th- Big Thunder? Thunder? Yeah, Big Thunder. Um, and then what through, and maybe snaking around in Frontierland or something like that? That's because like, where ridiculous. else are they going to, I could, I mean, I could see it. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but if you can imagine all the way where, where Tower of Terror Mission Breakout is, and the line was snaking all the way to the front of California Adventure, to the front. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, where are they going to go in Disneyland, right? And and so, especially as start, you, you, especially when you start funneling back towards Main Street from that section of the park, it, that's a that's that's a cluster, dude. You can't go yeah. through Adventureland. There's no way. No. So you have to go through Frontierland. Maybe not just to mention, do like, some loops around the hub or something, and then shoot off somewhere else. Well, yeah, and not to mention, like, I feel like that's going to be the line just to get into that area, let alone right. the actual rides in that place. <laughs> right. It's going like, to be a mess. I know. That's why they shouldn't have done it. I mean, aside from all the other reasons we've given, there just <laughs> literally is not room for that kind of. Crowd. They should have. They should have an opening on in, on the back of it because that back just opens right up to like the sidewalk for the right. like overpass. Yeah. Throw people out there, dude. Separate check in, real fast. Not a bad idea. Here's yeah, a good story: a Disney employee arrested after allegedly pretending to be an FBI agent. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Michael Smith. Brett Michael. Brett Michael. Right. Uh, 26. Oh, I get it. Is accused of using a prop Department of Homeland Security badge that he bought for Halloween. And he told a woman he, quote, worked for the FBI, which are d- different. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> while attempting to pull her vehicle over. Smith claimed he witnessed the <laughs> woman. <an> idiot. <laughs> he witnessed the woman run over traffic cones near SeaWorld's Aquatica Water Park and took action. A nearby deputy witnessed the incident and drove over to Smith and the woman to investigate. Smith told authorities that he confronted the woman because, quote, somebody needed to tell her how to drive. He was arrested and charged with falsely impersonating an officer. Do people still try that whole citizen's arrest thing? Because that's never a good idea. I don't know, man. Yeah. Wow, that's ridiculous. Uh, This is an interesting article. Disneyland, other Disney parks see decrease. In attendance, while Universal Studios Hollywood had 13% more visitors in 2016. Harry Potter. Uh, as prices continue to increase at the happiest place on Earth, Disneyland saw a slight drop in attendance at, at its Anaheim parks. Uh, Disneyland saw 17.9 million visitors in 2016, a 1.8% drop from 2015 when the park launched several new attractions to celebrate the resort's 60th anniversary yeah. uh some of that uh, visitor loss uh, to disney closing 10 attractions and eateries at the start of the year to make way for construction for star wars land across the way dca has 9.3 million visitors in 2016 which is down 0.9 percent from 2015 uh, disney parks uh, declined to discuss attendance trends but noted that the company is making major investments in the resort that should pay off in the future 
Um, the worldwide, they had an attendance decrease at 13 of its 14 parks, with Shanghai Disneyland being the only exception since it's only been open a year. Right, right. Um, despite the down attendance, uh, Walt Disney's theme park unit had an operating income of $3.3 billion. Oh. The parks made $3.3 billion That's in 2016, insane. representing a 9% increase from the year before. That's huge in for a company that size. In part because of a new ticketing strategy that raised prices for peak periods by 20%. Yep. Just up the road, uh, Disneyland's competitor, Universal Studios, experienced a 13.9% increase with 8 million visitors in 2016. Um, yeah, so it's... Um, Oh, it's back, by the way, that increase is the largest increase of any of the top 25 theme parks in the world. Wow. 13.9. So this strategy of pricing people out of the park seems to be working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, that for the price of, um, Universal, which I think was like 125 a day or 120 yeah. versus the price of Disneyland, which is not that much more than that, I think you get a lot more out of Disneyland. I think Disneyland Agreed. is- I mean, and not just because I have a podcast about it, but I, I do think that it is just a much more current and exciting and there's more to do. It's cleaner. Everything's better about it. Yeah. I agree. Did we even talk about our trip to Universal? I think we did, didn't we? I think we did. Briefly, yeah. yeah. The, the standout was the Jurassic Park ride, which was great, but <laughs> the, the skins on the dinosaurs, like one comes out of the water mm-hmm. and it's like Swiss cheese, like it was dipped in acid. Like there are holes, <laughs> literal oh, giant man. holes in the jaws. So as it comes up from the water, <laughs> water is cascading through these holes. Uh, another yeah, brontosaurus horrible. leg comes forward and you can see the zipper. It was like, it looked like it had bell bottoms on. Like the zipper was hanging out. It was the worst kept park I'd ever been to. Yeah. It was terrible. Like there, that, that yes. ride specifically. Heard, yeah. I shouldn't say that. That ride was terrible. I mean, like that would send any Disney per- personnel into cardiac arrest. Oh, like yeah. that is, I mean, this, the skin, like what are you guys doing? Some dude? of it was literally held together by zip ties. Yeah. The skin, the skin, on, skin on the Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. It was terrible. You could see it. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, and just and and the one that came out of the water with like half a face. I was like, this is oh my god, I <laughs> what is this, dude? Um, there apparently is a glow in the dark, uh, cotton candy thing. Now you can get okay. it in Disneyland. Uh, available at Disneyland World of Color. It's uh, oh, it's floss. I'm sorry, cotton candy floss. floss. Mm-hmm. Uh, features pink, blue, green, and purple swirls, which sit atop of a flashing illuminated wand. Because we can't have things that don't flash in the dark when <laughs> right. you're trying to adjust your eyes to the dark. Um, anyway, it's uh, they're available at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that was kind of uh, I don't know, just interesting. I don't know to, to see what people are doing. Yeah, glow in the dark cotton candy is a thing now, people. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be a thing though. No. And then last but not least, uh, this is nine great Disneyland food experiences. I just wanted to dunk on this Aww, lady for a second. Bev wishes she was here. She does. Uh, <laughs> Dole Whip, skip it. Okay. Yep. Turkey Leg, sure. Uh, Mickey Mouse Beignets, they, they're not that great. If you want better beignets, go to Ralph Brennan's Jazz Actually, Kitchen. For real, yes. yeah. Those are way better beignets really than good. Mickey-shaped beignets at the Mint Julep Bar. Uh, Dine with a Disney character. Okay, sure. The Monte Cristo, Mon- Monte Cristo uh, Sandwich at Cafe Orleans. I had never been impressed with it. It's no. kind yeah. of blah. Uh, Dine at the Blue Bayou. Yes, you should definitely mm-hmm. do that. Uh, corn dog. Get a corn dog. Yeah, that's, that's Disneyland. That's, yeah, definitely do that. Carthay signature fried biscuits. Those are the best. Heck yes. Actually, I'm surprised that 
uh, what I would say better is the the firecracker duck wings. Those are better. Those, than, both. those are good. Those I are think be- they are equal. Well, you're broken. Uh, that's it. Okay, that's it for uh, fact. That's it for uh, that's for, for everything. God, what news, man? I'm confused right now. I almost <laughs> said fact of the show. We've been here for two hours. <laughs> uh, something like that. We've been recording for you know, like an hour and a half. Like All right, we're into the fact of the show. Which I'm going to read out of a book because I didn't transcribe it. Because <laughs> I don't care. Um, this is about the true story behind Walt Disney's armed services experiences. Terrence, let me ask you a question. Yes. Has did would, did Walt Disney ever uh, was ever part of the military? Yes. Walt Disney was never in the military. Roy O. Disney was built, was in the Navy and Walt's other brothers were in the Army, but Walt was too young, only 16, to enlist. He did find a Red Cross unit that took 17-year-olds. And with a bit of clever forgery on his passport application, he became 17 and was able to get in. He served in France right after World War One ended, celebrating his 17th birthday there, driving an ambulance and doing other cleanup chores for about nine months as the troops were getting ready to come home. Uh, I answered the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Red Cross is in the military, but yeah, you're right. Oh, I know. I read it out of <laughs> Disney Facts Revealed. You're right about that. You're right about geeks. You're right about everything. I'm pretty right. I'm pretty right on. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us in the chat. I know we had some issues, but uh, hey, what are you going to do, right? Uh, until then, we'll see you in the parks. <laughs>